Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Former first team all Big 12, Big 12 defensive lineman of the year in 2018. We got Charles Menehu of the Niners. Now, former Longhorn, of course, joining the boys. Charles, how you doing, man? Good, man. Glad to be on. Appreciate it. Yeah, glad to have you on. Want to talk some Texas football. Want to get into you, but we can't. We have to address the elephant in the room. Coming over from Houston to the Niners, you got to see a little bit of Russell Wilson, and now Russell Wilson is leaving the division. Uh, What were some of your gut, gut check reactions to that, man? Um, I really didn't have much of a reaction, to be honest. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I only played Seattle once. Mm-hmm. Played Russ once. So, I mean, it's crazy news. Um, I think this has been in the works for a couple of years now about the rumors about him being traded or whatnot, the time they're being done. And um, if it happened finally, then, you know, that's that's the NFL for you. Yeah, they literally traded two first-round picks, two seconds, and someone's entire family for him it was it was an absolute haul and a half um coming over to the Niners man uh did you expect once you got over there like the vibe in the locker room because we've talked to other guys on the Niners from this past year did you anticipate you guys going as far as you did from when you touched down there after being in Houston yeah I mean I could just tell the environment um the coaches the players that they're very very dedicated not to say that the players in Houston aren't dedicated but the culture and the way the coaches are makes it easy for them, for us, um, to want to go out there and put our best efforts and everything's very, very detailed. Um, they have a way of doing things and it's successful. It's very, the players love it and it makes a run and makes it work. Mm-hmm. How was it playing outside of Texas, your home team? Cause you're from Houston, you played for UT and then you played for Houston. Uh, was it a little strange having your home field kind of be in San Francisco and not in Texas? It was a little bit, a little weird, because that's my first time playing um, outside the state of Texas for real. So um, it was different, but quickly got used to it. Now I'm pretty used to it now. Um, I'm a part of a great organization. Um, they came and got me in a, in a trade that I think is going to help my career a lot. So Definitely. It definitely feels a lot better in the weather front, too. I mean, practicing in the Texas heat, man. I did it for, for years, too, and <laughs> getting out to California, I'm sure it feels nice. Yeah, it's, it's definitely – it feels good out there. Mm-hmm. Who were some of the guys in the locker room that really welcomed you in? I'm sure, obviously, the defensive line, you know, was great to be yeah. around. I, so I, I was combined with uh, Bosa, um, uh, Eric, 
I, I didn't know Eric, but I mean, he's uh, was an easygoing guy. Kittle was a very easygoing guy. Combined with uh, Debo, um, Fred, we are in the same agency. Mm-hmm. So those are the first guys that kind of just reached out to me when I got there, and mm-hmm. um, just oh, uh, Terrell Adams because he was already uh, he, we played with. So um, from then it just started trickling on. Um, did you uh, did you develop a special relationship with uh, Shanahan being a Texas guy as well? Um, I mean, you know, he'd been far removed from Texas, but definitely like he welcomed me in and was, told me we got to have another Texas guy, and uh, it was it was good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely, man. Um, we'd love to talk to some Texas football and kind of your draft process as well. Like, what was the draft like for you? It's coming up. The combine's crazy. Maybe talk a bit about your preparation there. I know you just mentioned it. Um, but what was that draft process like for you and maybe draft day as well? Uh, the process was good. It was fun. Um, a lot of work, uh, anxious days and things like that. Um, the draft was a whole different story. I, coming out, I was projected to be a third-round pick. Third. No. Uh Huh? Yeah, I was saying I know. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so I was uh, projected to be a third-round pick or a latest fourth, and uh, obviously it didn't go that way, and uh, that was a kind of a wild thing for me, um, not understanding why um, that happened and things like that. And I, I thought I did well throughout the process um, at the Combine and um, at my pro day and all my interviews. And then obviously my senior year, I uh, had one of the best – Years in a long time for a defensive line, Texas. So um, uh, when the third round passed and day two was done, I was in shock. Um, just a lot of mixed emotions, but you know everything happens for a reason. Um, the staff previous to what is over in Houston gave me the opportunity to come into the league, and uh, my first two years in the league, I think I did pretty good. Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I couldn't believe it either. It was like, first of all, you, one of the best, I'm not just saying because you're on the show, one of the best defensive line we've seen since at least I've been in Texas, you know, over the last like eight years. And yeah. I mean, we, we could do, we could have used you out there this year, you know, I know. <laughs> so badly, <laughs> man. Um, but even in being in, in Houston, and it's so crazy, you know, making the most of your opportunity. Because you do talk to a lot of guys. And we've had Chris Harris Jr. on our show, who was in the Broncos, now is in the Chargers. And he was what? Was he a seventh rounder undrafted? And he was like all decade team. Um, so it's really is obviously you want to be drafted as high as possible at the moment. But it really, I feel like I'm sure you could attest this. What's, it's what you make out of it, right? It's how hard you work when you get there. Yeah, it's once you get in that in, in, on the field, bro. And like some of there's politics to it as far as where you're drafted, but if you go to an organization that is ran correctly, um, has the right people in it, and they know, like, all right, you're drafted here based off your potential, but you got to put that on the field. And um, when I got there as a rookie, that's what I did. And my first year, I made big plays um, in big games. And then my second year, I um, improved. And um, I'm, I'm grateful to Brian Gaines and uh, Bill O'Brien, Anthony Weaver, um, those guys that gave me the opportunity. Yeah, it was yep. just surreal kind of growing up in Houston and then playing on the same line as J.J. Watt. Um, I didn't grow up in Houston. I was born in Houston, but I didn't grow You're up in Houston. Iowa. I never really watched the Texans for real. I knew of J.J., obviously, but I didn't, like, watch them. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I first got there, I was like, damn, this is J.J. Watt. Like, this is the man. This is the guy that 
had 20 sacks back-to-back years, um, consistently a great player. Um, but then, I mean, bruh, I'm in the NFL just like you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I think at some point, like, you got to turn off, you know, the fandom or just, like, the the idea of, okay, like, you know, I'm not being here and just be like, I'm also here with you. But yeah. I want to totally talk about how, you know, the draft process, of course, we just mentioned, but how similar is it to – being a college recruit, right? Where you're not oh, sure where you're going to go. And because thought. it's not, you have, because as a college recruit, you're, you're kind of in control of the, the situation. Right. Um, in the NFL, you have no control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they pick you, you don't pick them. So uh, it's completely different. Um, you just got to come in a humble way and um, work hard. And when you get your name called, take advantage of the opportunity and go from there. Definitely. Yeah. I, I it, it is just a curious thought because Caden came in and was great this year for Denver, but he was like a guy that was really good at Texas and productive, but he also went kind of late. Deshaun Elliott was really good for us too, but he went kind of late. It's, I don't know. Do you think it, what do you think? Do you think there's a correlation to that? Do you think it's all related in some way that yeah, I'm sure you do a little bit? Uh, yeah. Know, um, <laughs> um, just a weird thing that went on. Um, when we were there with uh, that staff that um, didn't recruit us, that was the coaches there. Um, just very, very odd thing. And I mean, at this point, it's for me, it's about to be four years past and Deshaun five. Um, so it is what it is at that point. But like you said, like I said, I mean, you just got to make the most of it. And um, yeah. being, get drafted in an organization that believes in you and is going to use you and your skill sets for you to be able to shine then you can show up all the people that uh, doubted you or didn't say have the best things to say about you. And you can show them up and make, make your best out of your opportunities and eventually get that second contract. That's as this first part of our career. That's what we play for. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, I mean, that's a great way to put it. And, you know, something to put in the, in our listeners and our fans perspective, obviously, you know, people play for rings and, but you also are playing for a career and for longevity. So it is important to do as well as you possibly can to get that second deal. Uh, let's talk some longhorns, man. So many games we were close, dude. We were like right in the thick of like, outside the Iowa state game. We were pretty much winning every single game. Have you had some conversations with some of the defensive guys there? Um, you know, what advice would you give to the defensive players coming into this season? Obviously, it's year two under Sark. Uh, we bring in Gary Patterson, which is going to be weird for everybody involved, uh, the former rival. Um, but what would you be telling these guys? Um, I'll tell them, like, as much as, like, uh, uh, put into effort and everything else, make sure you're doubling in football. Um, the NFL isn't easy. It doesn't come easy. It comes with a lot of hard work. And I think the problem at Texas is that guys just don't take football as serious as they should. Um, they want, they like being pampered and all that stuff. But when it comes down to just being a baller, guys shrivel up. If I'm being dead honest, you look like a, look at a guy like Bijan Robertson, like he was the best player to come out of Arizona. But I guarantee he works hard as hell, puts extra time in. Um, obviously has fun in college, but you got to put extra time in and work hard. Um, you look like, uh, I think, I would think maybe Xavier Worthy just naturally really, really talented, but I would think that he probably puts in extra work and um, does a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? Um, some of the guys got to understand that like social media 
and everything outside of football is not that important. Yeah. Do you, would you say that was one of the, like the biggest things that you noticed about when you were yeah. there? No, I'm not, not when I was there. Like when I was there, I think the issue when I was there, why I think that 2018 team should have won. I think we should have won the big 12. Um, the Sugar Bowl team, right? Where we beat Georgia. Yes. That team should have been in the college football playoffs. Um, we blew games. The Oklahoma State game blew that. Um, I can't remember the other games that we – I think West Virginia, or maybe I might be wrong. I don't know. But I, the Oklahoma State game very much comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Oklahoma game in the Big 12 championship game. Um, yeah. I think we, just – Was that the year we lost to Maryland, too, to start the year? Yeah, like, come on, bro. <laughs> Literally. I think the issue then was just like that dedication to the extra little work, film work, that now those guys that are in the league understand that that's very, very important. Not to say that they weren't doing that then, but I don't think everybody on that team, ones that went to that field or not, had that understanding and that dedication. Mm-hmm. Now that like just the TikTok, the social media stuff, like, that shit don't matter, bro. Like, it's yeah. school. And then obviously you're going to turn up, you're going to party, but like, y'all should be extra lifting, extra whatever, um, extra time just one-on-one with each other. And then um, obviously I think just development of in the trenches, um, O-line, D-line, I saw that they got some guys, some O-linemen that look like they're 350 pounds and that looks good. They need guys like that. They need guys who are just nasty and just don't care about anything but trying to flatline somebody. Like, just a have to have a certain switch you get on the field that like I got to make this play well if everybody has that, that mindset somebody gonna make a play mm. um a little bit of selfishness by each individual to make a play within the scheme is not bad um okay. to want to start of the moment within the moment within when your moment is called upon is not bad I think that's something that those guys have to really understand and I think a guy like Bijan um Xavier and hopefully like Quinn Uris need to be guys that are like on the forefront of making that happen because those guys are supposed to be their best players. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can we talk NIL then? Because what's your opinion on the whole NIL situation? Obviously you just missed it by a little bit. So maybe from your personal perspective, but also you're talking about distractions and I'm just curious we want the players to be rewarded for their hard work. And you could speak to being a student athlete. And we had Kenny Vaccaro on the show a couple months ago, and he really shed some serious and like personal light on like how, you know, people think it's all glitz and glam being a football player, but it wasn't easy for him uh, in some situations, especially, you know, and he, when it came to like eating, even in certain circumstances. Uh, so maybe talk a bit about that and like how you're, how you feel about the NIL. Cause I'm just curious. I think it's good. Um, yeah. I don't think everybody should expect that they're going to get that shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Got to play a certain position, um, have to be a certain type of talent to get it. Um, receiver, quarterback, running back, tight end, uh, DB. And if you're a D-line or O-line, you better be really, really good. So it kind of gives them a, um, a forefront and foresight on what the NFL is as far as the marketing side of the NFL. Um. Uh, I don't think it's a distraction. I think it's, like I said, I think it's good. Puts more money in these dudes' pockets. Um, and that's never a bad thing. I'm always up for that. Um, 
because these coaches swallow all that money and some of them don't know how to coach, especially at the college level. So yeah. um, at least putting them in the pockets of dudes that are going out there and playing, um, just guys shouldn't expect that because you go to Texas or Bama that you're going to get it because you go there. No, you better be really good and at a marquee position. Yeah, I mean, you bring, you bring up coaches, right? They get fired and they still get paid, which is crazy. You know, I mean, we had one out of the university. He was your coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. his name, name rhymes with Sherman. Gets, gets paid yeah. a fat, hefty sum to walk out the door. Uh, I mean, I, there's, I feel like, though, let me pitch you this. Kirby Lane, great pancakes. They should do the pancake factory and get those, those O-linemen paid. I feel like that's a solid idea. Yeah, I, I think that. in the group of guys that can really push that are those dudes that were just the five-star that are just recruited. For mm-hmm. sure. The Banks kid and the Campbell kid, like, those two should be guys that are day one starters, right? Yeah. So they should walk in and be able to pitch that with Bijan. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, how do you feel about yours? I've never seen him throw football. Other than, only on highlights. Yeah, he only so, played two steps in Ohio State, so there's not a ton of film tape to, to even both, really look. Both handoffs. I hope he's good. I really do. Because we ain't had a quarterback that could sling that rock since Colt McCoy for a for being dead, I did really, really honest here. Somebody that beat thrower since Cole McCoy. So I really, really hope he's good because I really want to support Texas football. I, I like Coach Sark. If I had to come back and if I was uh, younger and being recruited now, I would definitely look Coach Sark's way. He had NFL experience. He, I think he was on the staff in Atlanta that went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Staff, girl, was on like I think he was on staff with Seattle, maybe I might be wrong. Um, um, he was Washington, USC, Atlanta, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And so then in college at Alabama, so he seen what good looks like, and and he knows NFL guys. So you want to get to the NFL, you have a coach that coached in the NFL, uh, probably has a good rapport with guys in the NFL. Um, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just went and seen that facility a couple of days ago, and bro, I was even like very, very impressed with what I saw. Really, very, very, very like I think like the Taj Mahal, Texas' wow. new facility. Yes, yes, that shit looks really, really good. It's crazy because so, they make changes so so often, or not often, but like you know, every every five years or so, there's like a new class that gets a new change. Like I was a walk on there, right? And like what they have now, completely different. Uh, that's just fire, bro. But um, um, so yeah, and then you have coach like that, and um, came from Bama, so he knows what winning looks like. He's coached really good NFL players, um. It's, and then Austin, I think Austin has a balance of a good football place and a good city for business and things to expand your career outside of football. And it's not in the middle of nowhere. It is so, not in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of the best place of planet. Yeah. So <laughs> as a recruit, I'll be, I'll be wanting to go. Just then this is not about the system. Offensively, I think the system is really, really good. Defense like that. Um, me personally, I'm not a great fan of three down defense, but if it's because I don't think it's D line friendly, but um, if you're an outside backer, pass rusher, and a, and a big, bigger defensive lineman, you can make it work, you know. And then you got Gary, I think Gary Patterson was probably the best 
addition that we've ever made in the last five years I've been here. Uh, I've, I've, the last five years since like I've been a UT, you know what I'm saying, in UT in the system. I think Gary Patterson is the best addition ever. Wow. I love that. And he's, he's going to bring along Uchon Mathis too, it looks like from TCU who, you know, right there, that guy's a immediate game changer. Yeah. Like his, his going against TCU, a lot of their defense was really good. He pro, like they produced draft picks and Ben Banagoo, LJ Collier, Ross, the safety, um, first round corner. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's gone guys, you know, in the system, it's a good, it's a, uh, the D line works in the system. And I think where Sark and them want to go, they better have really, really good D linemen and really good offense line. Mm, we had Cam Curl on last week. He's a safety for the, now the commanders. I almost say the football team. I don't even know what to call that, them anymore. And <laughs> he asked, he went to Arkansas and he's like, do you guys think you're ready to go to the SEC? And I no. just, no, we're just not big enough on the line. That's what I'm saying. You got to get guys more like the Banks kid and Campbell and like bigger D linemen. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then program also has to relate to that as far as position specific as the work so um but sark knows that yeah he's aware why then if you feel so highly about gary patterson maybe that changed when you played against him how come go texas over tcu because just like for me i was recruited by tcu i didn't want to be that close to home um Uh, the the access between Texas and TCU is like night and day. Um, the tradition is night and day. Um, prime time kind of status night and day. Facilities night and day. Um, you know, but uh, Coach Patterson made it work, and he brought he developed players and brought them to TCU. It's so it's just so it's so weird Someone, to me. There was a receiver, a couple of receivers that were really good in the state of Texas and went to TCU. Yeah, I mean, there's a TCU, again, talking about first-round talent. Say what you will about him as a pro. Like, Jalen Rager was a first-round pick mm-hmm. out of TCU. I mean, they've definitely produced guys. Josh sure. Dotson. Yeah, he was good, actually. He was a good – he was a baller, man. He was the threat in the red zone. Uh, it is it is interesting, though. I mean, I think you. I love the point of, like, coaches get paid even if they're not good coaches in college. And we've seen it, unfortunately, at our university um, a time or two. And I, I think – you know, you go to Baylor, like they've had multiple co they had rule and now they have Randa and like they, both those guys have been successful and like, there's, there's no way the facilities I've been to Waco. I'm sure you, you obviously have been to Waco too. Waco ain't no, Oh, it's nowhere near what we have at Texas. It's not. I think over there is insane. Yeah. Looking when I was there, I was with Huff and I was like, this looks like a mini like campus within a campus. Mm Hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. So we do have to kind of get those guys in there. Do you, I just think also it's uh, even with like PK, like I know we struggled defensively last year and maybe you could speak to this because something we've been preaching always is like Chuck Strong, they were breathing down his neck from the jump. He never had a proper welcome and he really didn't have. If if Coach Strong, I think Coach Strong related well with recruits. And I know some of the recruits that went to Ohio State that were going to come to Texas that were like top three round picks. Really? One was a first round pick, like top 10 pick. So they just didn't give him a chance to really get guys. But um, definitely, um, I was really good at relating to players. Uh, development might not have been 
the same, but related and getting guys to the school yet. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you can't really, really can't argue that we did have some great recruiting classes and got to have it all though. I mean, you look at the the programs that, that get W's and, you know, Clemson and Bama and Georgia, right. They could do it all. And that's why I think it's great. You know, start coming in here with that, with that Bama culture. You see them D linemen at Georgia? Oh, I'm Jordan pretty- Davis is ridiculous. Jordan Davis, the, the white dude and the other dude, bruh, those are Walker. Free- yeah. Freaks, legit freaks. And then like the whole, and there, that's not even the linebacker, dude. Nicobe Dean, the linebacker. And oh, he, he, I don't know what he ran, but he was, he was, he's incredible. He was incredible all year. And then they had that kid Anderson who's in trouble and he was not going to be drafted or he was suspended. He missed the whole season for the second half of the season. And he was their second best defensive player. And he even play. Yeah. Anderson. Adam Anderson. He was there. He was a lot. He was like an outside linebacker for Georgia. He was like their sec, regarded as like their second best defensive player. He got. I don't remember what number he was, but he was, I think, second half of the season suspended for the whole year. They even had that Lombard number four. He looks like a beast too. Then they didn't they recruit some like the one of the best outside linebacker in the class this year. Yeah, I mean, they every year he's he's about to become a wagon, but that's like. That's what we should be too. Like Smith and Jigba on Ohio State. Garrett, well, I don't know who you're alluding to for Ohio State. I won't put words in your mouth. I'll just throw out names. But Garrett Wilson was in our backyard too. Like these are guys like now with Sark in place, Xavier Worthy, as good as Bijan is, Xavier Worthy is the example of what we can do. You know what I'm saying? Because he was like, I've, I don't know. I've never seen a freshman wide receiver, at least on our campus like that. Not even close. He's a freak. Yeah. This is really good. It puts them in really good positions and you make some most of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, two more for you. Cause we were kind of, you know, working on scheduling. We we're going to do the other day, but you had yoga and I'm just curious how, cause we had miles Turner on our show and he loves yoga too. So I was curious, was that something you've maybe found at Texas or that's something you found as a pro? Something I found as a pro this year, just, being around guys that put, pointing out your deficiencies and I do yoga uh, two times a week and then I do Pilates. I actually have Pilates tomorrow. Um, ooh, thanks for reminding me. I got to schedule that. <laughs> I got you, dog. That's why we're here, baby. <laughs> uh, just working on my flexibility, seeing the deficiencies I have as an athlete, um, working on that. Absolutely, man. And- That's great. What other hobbies outside of football you got going on? Because we we've had so many athletes on our show, and then a lot of them are like, especially you know, as you get more developed in the league, again, you're trying to work for that second contract, you know, and there a lot of the focus is there, and we understand that. But we've had guys like Vernon Davis who have spoken to like his love for the arts, and we know Leonard Williams, and Leonard Williams is very involved in film. Uh, is there something like a lot that of gamers. for you? A lot of gamers, like something yeah. like that. Adding a lot, and then um, I'm really into like into fashion. Um, a lot of those things I push for more when I get that second contract. Yeah. And make sure I'm secure my um, family wealth first. Or and, uh, just make sure I, I implement myself in this game as one of the better players and, uh, and then do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's smart. I mean, you got you to gotta take care of yourself and take care of the family. All right, yeah. last question for you. We ask all of our guests this, and, you know, this can be from any moment. Uh, what's your favorite sports memory as a Longhorn? Any any moment, you know, as a player, maybe as a fan? Um, 
I think my favorite personal moment was probably um, when we played Baylor my senior year. Baylor-Oklahoma game, the Red River game. Um, Baylor my senior year, I think I had two and a half sacks. Um, and I just felt like I just had that feeling of, like, complete domination. And um, I, that was the time where I had a streak of six games where I think I had a type of loss or a sack or something. And, like, um, it started that Kansas State game. And then it just – I don't know. People asked me, like, how, like what was going on. Like, bro, I literally felt like I was just touching me and, like, how everything was so easy. Um, and then Oklahoma – the Red River game when I had that that series where I had a sack, attack for loss, and I did the baseball swing. Yes. And I, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. that was, those two. Um, were, did, you grow up, did you grow up playing baseball? No, I did that to troll my guy, Kyler. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love that. That Red River game, I that, that was the game where I really realized how epic Kyler Murray was. And how yes. he could change the I've and I've said that ever since that game because we ended up winning that first one, but there was one there was a point where we I was fa- people watching it everything we thought we had it in the bag. Yeah, he's a general. He, yeah, he one hundred percent is, and he hit like, like I don't he like wheeled out and then just ran for like seventy yards, and I was like and changed the game in one moment. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, that's the type of player he is, man. Yeah, but hey, man, that that senior year, what do you have like eighteen and a half tackles for a loss and ridiculous like that, man? Putting mm-hmm. up, yeah, big numbers there. Charles, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you having you. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Hook them horns and go kick ass in Pilates, I guess tomorrow, man. Thanks. Of course, man. Thanks, man. Yep. Appreciate it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.